I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Nice Christmas, Stu. Uh, it was a very nice Christmas, Mark. Yes, thank you. No problem. Good. Do you think they'll Do you think guess that we recorded that in advance? No. No, unless we say it. <laughs> Oh, I'm stuffed full of Christmas dinner. I've never had so many pigs in blankets. Oh, pigs in blankets. I wonder if um, if there are aliens looking down on us, what they would think of Christmas. I don't even know what I think of Christmas. No, nor do I. Tell you what, my road would be easy to spot from space, all the cheap decorations going on. Is there a lot of lighting happens? Yeah. What must people's electricity bills be like? Why do they do it? What I can't understand. We should, we should do a doorknob. Like a Daz doorstep challenge. <laughs> just, just, you can be Shane Ritchie. We, we should go and knock on each door that has a large amount of decorations outside. And when they open the door, we'll just ask, why? Yeah. What's, your, what's your bill looking like? What's been happening in the world of the universe? That doesn't sound right. Hang on. What's been happening in the universe? I quite like in the world of the universe, been, actually. Yeah, right. <laughs> News from the world of the universe. I hear wedding bells. What? It's my rubbish intro to say that I've uh, read a story that Mars is getting some rings. Ah. Is this true? Probably it is, yeah. So Mars has this um, little moon called Phobos, and Phobos is gradually spiralling closer to Mars. The most obvious thing that you might think is going to happen is that one day it's going to just fall onto Mars, hit the surface, and produce a big crater. Mm -hmm. But we've had a number of times where um, spacecraft have gone past Phobos, and the deflection in the spacecraft's orbit um, has allowed you to calculate the density of Phobos. And it's very, very low. But we can see that it's made of rock. So it can't be solid rock. You know, and, and so is it, are there huge caverns inside which lower the average density? Or is it just a, a big sort of pile of rubble? actually rather than a single monolithic moon. And the is, that, is that possible? That is very possible because things can just pull together through gravity but not actually hit each other fast enough to melt together. And so it's probable that actually as Phobos gets closer to Mars and the strength of gravity on it um, increases, the gravity will pull Phobos apart and just string the debris around the, the orbit. And so that will give Mars a temporary set of rings um, rather like Saturn. 
Why why only temporary? Because those bits will continue to fall. You know, it'll gradually deplete and then um, eventually go away. Is this going to happen soon? No, no, no. It's it's sort of ten million years or something like that. To, oh, if the... Like a wedding. Apparently everything goes south. <laughs> You're talking about the northern lights now, aren't you? Yes, and my belly. <laughs> and my chins. And <laughs> there's only one of those that I'm qualified to talk about. The northern lights are going south, and you know, by the same token, the southern lights are coming north. Oh, are there southern lights? There are southern lights. I well. didn't know this. Yes. So are they also Aurora Borealis? Aurora Australis. Hello. Yeah. A bit of Latin. See, I've never heard of this. I love it when you jibber. (laughs) Are they around the kind of South Pole? or Yes. Right. So the whole point about them is that they just occur um, because the magnetic field of the Earth um, dips down into the atmosphere. Mm. So generated deep inside the Earth, the magnetic field is a bit like a bar magnet. So you have a magnetic north and a magnetic south. At the equatorial latitudes, that magnetic field is strong and robust and sort of up outside the planet. But it has to it has to dip back down inside the planet where it's generated. And this happens at the poles, the north and the south pole. And so when the particles um, from the sun that create the aurora, they get trapped in the magnetic field. They spiral around the magnetic field lines. And so... It, at the poles, they're funneled down into the atmosphere. And when they hit the molecules in the Earth's atmosphere, they just make it fluoresce, give out light. Right. Um, it just like, I mean, it's just like a fluorescent tube. That's exactly what's happening. But this dynamo that's inside the Earth that generates the magnetic field, it's constantly changing. And so what is happening is that the poles are, are moving, the magnetic poles are moving. So they're not aligned with the rotation poles of the Earth. And they seem to be moving down towards more equatorial latitudes. And so the northern lights appear to be creeping south and the southern lights appear to be creeping north. The other exciting thing that seems to be happening is that the Earth's magnetic field is weakening slightly. And the weaker the field, the more aurora you're going to see at um, at lower latitudes. Now, some people have wondered whether this means that the magnetic field of the Earth is going to disappear completely and just go. And we know that it's done this for periods of time in in the past, um, in the last sort of hundred million years or so. It's it's done it thousands of times, hundreds or thousands of times. So people, some people have been worried about what does this mean, what, what what's going to happen. Uh, but actually, the latest um, measurements sort of tend to show that the Earth's magnetic field has been quite strong recently. Quite stable. Yeah, yeah so, so actually the, even the fact that it's weakening a little bit right. it was just sort of returning to normal. Oh, I'd love to see them. I've never seen them. Wouldn't that be good? Yeah, and have you seen them? No. And didn't you go to Finland to see them last yes. year? Yes, and twice. Did you see them? No. Not so much? Yeah. I did, yeah. I went to, I went to Finland, Finland twice. To um, uh, to take um, touring parties to see the Northern Lights, and uh, yeah, there was one night when they did display. I didn't realise you were working for Wallace Arnold. Now, 
It wasn't a coach trip. <laughs> yeah, there was one times night. Times are tough in the astrophysics community. <laughs> one night there was a display, um, a fairly short display, but quite a brilliant display. Um, but it was the night after I had come in, and the the journey was just torturous. I got up into Tromso really, really late, and then it was. Um, a four or five hour transfer in the car and so I didn't get in until I mean, virtually it was time to get up the next night I was just completely sparko did you sleep through your one opportunity to see the northern lights that is where this conversation is going yes oh stupid. I know everyone else was at the front having a big party shouting about the northern lights and wondering where the astronomer is and he's unconscious shaking their heads saying Stu would have loved this well, yeah <laughs> So Captain Cupper on Twitter says, I'm going to a NASA fancy dress party this weekend. Should I wear an asteroid belt or a Kuiper belt? (laughs) Well, of course, it all depends on whether you want to look cool or not, Uh because uh, the Kuiper belt is the place where you find all the icy asteroids way out beyond the uh, orbit of Neptune. Uh, nice. Pluto is right in the middle of the of the Kuiper Belt, so um, so yeah, I would say that's the that that's your criteria. I said Kuiper because I had a geography teacher with the same spelling, and her name was Miss Kuiper. Ah, oh, you say Kuiper, I say Kuiper. Let's call the whole thing off. Yeah, <laughs> best thing you've said all day. Hey, you know what it's time for? What's it time for? It's time for another Big Fat Galactic Liar quiz. Oh. Come on, you Big Fat Galactic Liar. <laughs> if you haven't heard this before, two of the facts that Stu is about to tell me are true, and one will be a Big Fat Galactic Lie. And I've got to try and work out which is which. And you, you can play along at home or um, in your car or at the gym or wherever you're listening to this. You ready? I am ready. Big Fat Galactic Liar fact Number one, people shrink when they're in orbit because the gravity changes on their bodies. People shrink in orbit. Be a new uh, dieting craze before we know it. Big fat galactic liar. Fact number two. The Apollo 11 astronauts could not get life insurance for their trip to the moon. So if that's true, they went uninsured. If that's true, that's exactly what they did. That just smacks of recklessness to me. (laughs) Big fat. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Galactic Liar. Fact number three. Some planets have the density of styrofoam. Styrofoam. So the big, fat galactic liar facts are, number one, people shrink in orbit because of the way gravity affects their bodies. Fact number two, the astronauts on Apollo 11 were not insured. They couldn't get life insurance for their trips. And fact number three, some planets have the density of styrofoam. Is styrofoam the same as polystyrene? Sort of, yeah. Pretty much. Alright. Is that packing stuff that you get? Soft and squishy. Yes. Right, okay. Well, this, I can I can tell you now, I've, at the moment I've got no idea. So I'm going to work my way through them. People shrink in orbit because of what gravity does to their bodies. Well, I, I can believe that because... I know that... Well, I don't know if this helps or not, actually. I know that we're we're taller in the mornings than we are when we go to bed at night. So presumably during the day when we're kind of moving around, you know, our kind of spines are getting sort of compacted and I don't know. I mean, I don't know what this means. I don't know how, if at all, this is going to help me. But I can sort, I can sort of believe that. I can... No, hold on, wouldn't it go the other way? Oh, I'm contradicting myself now. I just don't know. Because surely if you don't have gravity sort of playing that part, maybe you'd expand. Maybe the opposite is true. Thank you for not You've doing anything. You've confused yourself have. now, haven't you? And thank you for not doing anything facially that might help or hinder <laughs> a train of thought. <laughs> so, right, I'm not sure about that. The Apollo 11 astronauts not being able to get insurance for their trip. And I can believe that the Apollo 11 astronauts weren't able to get insurance. Fact number three, some planets have the density of styrofoam. My brain is going, how how do we know? But then if we can take a pretty good stab at Saturn floating in water. So that was from the last big fat galactic liar. It was. Saturn's density. It was, which was true, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just true. Yeah, well remembered. Yes, thank you. I am able to retain some information. (laughs) (laughs) Longer than four seconds. I'm going to say the Apollo astronaut insurance is true. I'm also going to say the planets with the density of styrofoam is true. And I'm going to say number one is false, that people shrink in orbit because of the effect gravity has on their bodies. Because I think the opposite is going to be true. I think people expand. I can see that next episode, these are going to have to be harder. I didn't get it right. You did. Did I get the reasoning right? You, yeah. Get lost. It was almost a thing of beauty to hear you turn your reasoning round and go from, from something that was 100% wrong and you were trying to convince yourself to actually suddenly thinking, no, hang on. Yes, people people um, lengthen, get taller in, um, you know, with the absence of, um, you know, that, that sort of force of gravity uh, pulling them to the floor. If there weren't loads of equipment between you and me, I'd high-five you right now. <laughs> yeah.
But I'm scared everything's balanced precariously as it is. I'll be scared to do it. I'm going to high five myself. Well done, me. I'm on fire. <laughs> so tell me, why couldn't the Apollo 11 astronauts get insurance? Yeah, God, who would who would insure someone to go to the moon first time ever? So, oh, was that the first moon one? Yeah. Oh, okay. I should have asked that. <laughs> so, so the question was, you know, what happened to the families um, if if anything went wrong? And uh, what they did was that uh, they autographed envelopes. And the envelopes were posted, so they're postmarked on the day of launch. And that meant that if anything happened to them, those were the last autographs they'd ever given. And the families owned those autographs, which could then be auctioned off. And hopefully that would wow. hopefully that would compensate um, for the lack of life insurance. How do we know some planets have got the density of styrofoam? These are the um, observations that find planets around other stars. And in one set of those observations, you can determine the mass of the planet uh, because you can see the way it, it pulls on its star and it sort of makes its star wobble. And the, um, the, the, the magnitude of that wobble gives you the mass of the planet. If that planet also passes in front of the star, it dims the light a little bit. And that can give you the size of the planet. So once you've got the mass of the planet and the diameter of the planet, you can work out an average density. And when you do that, uh, there are, there's definitely a class of planets that are ultra-low density planets. We don't have any examples of them in the solar system here, so we have absolutely no idea um, what those planets are, are sort of made from or why they're such low density. I wonder if there are any planets made of um, oasis, the stuff that they use for flower arranging. Yeah, it could be. I love that stuff. Tell me about alien megastructures. Alien megastructures, what a gift of a story. So this started back in October, mm -hmm. and there was a space telescope called the Kepler Space Telescope. Oh, yes which was looking for um, planets around other stars. Mm -hmm. And the way it, f it um, detected them was to look for the tiny, tiny drop in light that happens when the planet um, orbits in front of its star. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, typically, the largest planets drop the starlight by about 1%. Mm -hmm. But there was this one star with a completely, well, it's a, a completely sort of unrecognisable catalogue number. Argos. It showed a dimming of about 15%. And then a few hundred days later, it showed another dimming, a f sort of a flurry of dimmings, one of which went down to about 20%. I was like, well, what? What on earth is that? Whatever was causing those sizes of uh, of drops in the light must be about half the, the diameter of the star itself. Right. So just much, much too big. 
to be a planet, yeah. which is, um, you know, even even Jupiter, the largest planet, is only about a tenth of the diameter of the sun. Right. Mostly, they, the astronomers that were involved in doing this study thought that it was the it was a huge cloud of dust that had been produced by comets colliding with each other or asteroids or something. But you see, then someone said um, the fateful thing about, well, this is sort of this is the kind of signal that you would. Even, investigate if you thought it was a you know an alien construction right of course then then the game is on did it go did it go yeah pretty much yeah it kind of exploded into google really yeah so there's this idea that you could build huge space stations that effectively or that eventually encircle the whole star mm-hmm. so that you you use every piece of energy that's coming from the star and these are things called dyson spheres and so they would be <laughs> like the air blade or the rollerball <laughs> so i've just come out of the gents there's a dyson sphere in there it's huge <laughs> and it's all uh, down my trousers <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, of course, everybody run with this idea that this was was this a huge, you know, alien megastructure that was yeah. being constructed around this star. Uh, I mean, it did. I wrote the story. Everyone wrote the story, and uh, I mean, it did huge, huge traffic. Everyone, even me, wanted it to be an alien megastructure, even though you knew it wasn't going to be. Anyway, the people at SETI looked at this star. Who are they? Who's SETI? Oh, SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. So they looked at this star and and, and listened to it with radio telescopes and they looked at it with um, optical telescopes to see if there were any laser beacons, you know, being beamed from the star. Um, And unfortunately, there's absolutely nothing coming from there. What a letdown. What a letdown, yeah. Unfortunately, it, it looks like it is just colliding comet which is cool in its own way but isn't it always the way so okay right it's going to lead me on to the next thing are we alone and before you answer that i don't mean you and i now i, I i'm not trying to come on to you <laughs> are we alone are um, we alone well we might be we might not be great oh chalk that go. one up yeah there's another one <laughs> So next question. So, now, might be, might not be. Who's yeah. asking? Yeah. So now we, yeah, now we, now we've nailed that one down. Let's uh, let's move on. Are, are so, we alone? So I mean, that is genuinely the answer. We might be and we might not be because it's so difficult to put DNA together. That the chances of it going together are tiny. There was a British astronomer called Fred Hoyle, and he had a fantastic analogy for this. It was that the the, the chances of a molecule of DNA just going together randomly was about the same as a tornado sweeping through an aircraft hangar full of spare parts. And after the tornado passed through, what was left behind was a fully functional jumbo jet, just by chance. That tells you that either you need you know, a whole universe for this highly, highly unlikely thing to happen once mm. or dna doesn't go together by chance there's a series of steps maybe a long chain of steps but things that are tried out um just chemically that eventually make it almost inevitable that uh, a molecule of dna will go together this so it's terrifying stuff this <laughs> i mean it's just you know it it actually makes my head hurt i think one of the things is that people think scientists are always dealing in certainty mm. 
And I don't think that's true at all. I think scientists are always dealing with uncertainties and with unknowns. You know, that's where they do their work. And as soon as it becomes certain whether something is or isn't correct or is or isn't true or is or isn't possible, yeah. in a sense, you just lose, lose interest in it because that's done. That's the finished product. So it's That's turning unknowns into knowns. Yeah, and so these, these kind of big questions which could go either way and, you know, like what came before the Big Bang, is there other life in the universe? You know, those are the things that are really exciting because you genuinely don't know. Thank you for answering that and making me feel sick again. <laughs> is it right that I keep on feeling sick when you're explaining stuff? Is it an allergic reaction? You're this... allergic to knowledge. <laughs> Well, that's been the Studiverse podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, and we'll talk to you next time. And if we've said anything too wrong in this podcast, send us the corrections as well. Yeah, all referenced. Otherwise, I'm not, I'm not touching it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. The Studiverse is a Bingo Productions podcast produced by me, Marco Sullivan. Artwork by The Scribbler. Go to thescribbler.co.uk to check out his brilliant work. <laughs>